Welcome, you're listening to a broadcast from Barnabas Foundation, your trusted partners for smart and powerful giving. Hey, good morning, everybody. My name is Kurt Nola, Director of Member Relations here at the Barnabas Foundation, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm coming to you from my hotel in Southern California, where I'm doing some uh, final year-end uh, member meeting visits before the crazy rush of the year-end fundraising, and, and IRA giving has certainly been a topic of conversation recently with our members. Joining me today is Amy Beatty from one of our senior estate planning attorneys there from our West Michigan office. So we're doing this remotely um, with Kim in our office back at home in Crete. So hopefully our technology issues, will we won't run into any today as we go through today's discussion. Um, a few housekeeping items as we go about today. If you have a question during conversation, feel free to type it into the Q&A section there on the Zoom um, at the bottom of your screen. It'll pop up here and we'll address those as we're able to. Um, in addition, today's recession is being recorded. Um, this topic is actually part four of a five-part series that we've been doing over the last few weeks, um, with next week being our final one on marketable securities. Um, each of these sessions has been recorded, and you can find them at barnabasfoundation.com interactive, where if you find that the information that we're sharing today would be helpful to one of your donors, a friend, or a family member, feel free to share the link um, and the information that we've provided. And always, if you have questions after the broadcast um, or, or uh, you know, as, as you're reviewing the materials that we share with you today, feel free to call us at 888-448-3040 or contact your uh, representative at the member ministry that uh, invited you to today's session. Um, so, Amy, thanks for joining me today from the other side of the country. And um, as topic today is on IRA giving, and this has been around for a while. I think the first bill that passed that allowed for IRA qualified distributions was in 2006. And they used to play games with it in Congress where they would pass it for every two years and we'd be waiting at the year end of the where it expired and hopefully they would extend it again. But then uh, oh, about 2016, I think they made it permanent as part of the law, which is a big win for charity. Um, but what is a qualified charitable distribution? Simply, Kurt, it is a direct transfer of funds from your IRA uh, payable to a qualified charity. It is that simple. Excellent. Um, and our charities certainly have been receiving them. And I remember it over the last few years after they made it permanent, it seemed like the volume of gifts that they were getting uh, was increasing significantly. But so you can make a qualified distribution. Who can make it? And, and how much, is there a limit to it? How much can they give? <laughs> yeah, this is always the, uh, the big question that we get. Um, you have to be 70 and a half years old. And even though we saw an uptick in um, who is required to make, um, who falls under the required minimum distribution rules, the CARES Act changed that to age 72. Um, there was no tampering with the qualified charitable distribution rule. So that stayed at 70 and a half. Um, and you can give up to $100,000 per year per taxpayer. Um, but I just want to point out that the aggregate of deductible IRA contributions you make to your IRA after age 70 and a half will reduce the amount of qualified charitable distribution that is not includable in your gross income. So if you are somebody who is over the age of 70, 70 and a half and you're still making contributions to your IRA, that's going to calculate against that qualified charitable distribution. So just keep that in mind if you're still contributing. 
Well, they certainly did a number on it when they passed the CARES Act. It used to be nice and simple. RMDs were at 70 and a half, qualified distributions were 70 and a half. You didn't have to worry about any of this. Now they confused right. it all by changing date the two different ages. Absolutely. But important point that you just made out was $100,000 per taxpayer. So a couple can essentially contribute $200,000 from one from each of their different IRAs, 100,000 each to their favorite charities. Right. And I'm, I'm glad you said that, Kurt, because we always get that call that says, well, what if I do 150 from mine and my wife does 50 from hers? Uh, sorry, you're restricted to $100,000 per taxpayer. Or the qualified charitable distribution. They can take all they want, all they want afterwards out from their IRA and take it as a contribution. Uh, uh, taxable distribution from their IRA and go make all the gifts they want to. Right. But the qualified side of things is, is only a hundred thousand. That's correct. So what are some of the big advantages that donors really achieve with this? What does it really do for them by making the gift directly from their IRA to their charities? Right. Um, well, first, as we mentioned, it counts towards satisfying um, all or part of your required minimum distribution if you're seven, now 72 or older. And again, that changed with the CARES Act. Um, it's also excluded from your taxable income. So if you have made a qualified charitable distribution, that amount is going to be excluded from your um, taxable and, and the nice thing about this is that also has an impact on how much of your social security is taxed and how much of your, you know, what happens to your Medicare premiums. So there are a lot of moving parts here, um, which is really nice. And I, and I also have donors in different states that are not allowed a charitable deduction in their state. So this is a great way to, um, even though you don't receive a charitable deduction for your QCD, this is a great way to at least get money to charity, not have it included in your uh, adjusted gross income and still you know, get some benefit from that. Um, and also qualified charitable distributions don't require that you itemize. So you can still decide to take that standard deduction. And I just keep going on and on. There are so many benefits. Um, obviously, ministries don't pay any tax on this. So this is a really, this is a win-win because we're able to um, take this money that, that has all this built-up tax out of our IRAs and send it to ministry so we don't pay tax and ministry doesn't pay tax. So um, if I can just give a little example, let's say you have a required minimum distribution this year um, of $17,000 and you're 74 years old and you're, um, you're a tithers and, and you have, you're going to send 12,000 to your church and you wanna send another 5,000 to your favorite charities. All of a sudden, if you um, were going to receive 17,000 in RMDs, you'd receive that 17,000, you'd have to include it in your income and then you'd have to pay tax on that. But if you direct your IRA manager to send 
12,000 to your church and another 5,000 to your favorite charity, now that 17,000 is not included in your adjusted gross income. It's not going to be included in your social security tax formulation. It's not going to be included in your Medicaid, Medicare um, um, computation. And you've made a great gift to charity. Um, and you can still take your standard deduction. So there are just so many benefits to doing this. I'm a poster oh, child for this. I'm just <laughs> so excited about this. <laughs> I think the entire charitable community was excited about it when it was passed and, and when it was made permanent. We all, you know, leaped for joy um, because it is such a powerful tool for seniors to make their giving so much more tax efficient and effective. Um, it's only available with IRAs, right? You can't do this from any other, you know, retirement systems like 401ks, 403bs, anything like that. No, no. Um, it's traditional IRAs, rollover or inherited IRAs, SEPs, um, SEPs, and SIMPLEs, as long as the SEP and the SIMPLE are both inactive. You can no longer have contributions going into those SEPs or SIMPLEs. They have to be inactive. Um, and then you can use those too. Sometimes we'll get a question. Someone will say, oh, I, I want to be able to do this for my 401k. I'm retired. And so we'll say, see if you can roll it over into an IRA and then, you know, give us a call. Um, mm -hmm. But right. So that's a great thing. Because I'm glad you went there because one of the questions we got from Stan was he's no longer making any contributions to his IRA. He has a 401k that he's planning on rolling over to his IRA. Would that rollover disqualify him in some way as a contribution to his IRA? But it doesn't, correct? No, he's got a roll. If he has a 401k, our standard advice has been to simply roll that to an IRA and he'll need to talk to the IRA managers and make certain that he's, you know, doing it all within the correct timeframes and so forth um, so that it qualifies. Um, but that's typically the advice is mm -hmm. to make the rollover because rollovers are allowed. Yeah. And then he can make his $100,000 or up to $100,000 gift from his IRA um, with, the, with the money that originally was in his 401k. Absolutely. Which is, great, which is a great tool. Um, question we get all the time, can they make these distributions from their IRAs to a donor advised fund or to a charitable gift annuity or charitable remainder trust or something like that? Um, that's, that's not allowed, correct? Boy, we wish it was, but it's not. Um, it'd be so nice, but no, donor advised funds and life income agreements um, are not um, allowed. So no, sorry. Well, maybe one day Congress will pass that where they could fund some charitable gift annuities or something with it. And uh, I know there's been some movement every now and then with it where they push it through up to the committee, but it never gets much farther than that. So we'll hope and we'll, right. we'll, we'll sit back and wait. Um, <clears throat> QCDs, when they're made distributions, well, first of all, I just want to clarify, make sure we hit this point hard. The distribution has to go directly to the charity for it to qualify. Yes, absolutely. Um, and... Um, if there are certain charities that are not included. So um, again, we, we, we look at a lot of the same rules that we look at when we're sending gifts to charity and we wanna take a charitable deduction. And again, there's no charitable deduction for this. It's simply not included um, in your um, adjusted gross income. Mm -hmm. You'll get your 1099, 
are on this. And then there's a line right under it that says how much of this is qualified charitable distribution. And so you'll be able to do an offsetting entry on your tax return. Um, but you cannot send this to pay for a child's tuition. You cannot send this qualified charitable distribution to help pay for someone's adoption. Um, there's no private enormment. Um, you cannot send these to private foundations. You cannot send these to um, supporting organizations. Again, no donor advised funds. So if you are a Barnabas friend and you use our stewards fund, you can't use our stewards fund for that. Um, you can, however, uh, and this is a slight departure from what we're used to seeing at Barnabas Foundation, you can use this to pay a pledge. Um, and I was just at a function not too long ago and I had someone say, well, now that they've changed required minimum distribution age to 72, um, if I'm 71, why would I even want to do this? And I thought to myself, well, there are a number of reasons you'd still want to do this, but a pledge is one of those. If you've made a pledge and you're 71 years old, I would certainly use this money to pay the pledge because again, it's tax money that, you know, it has all this built up tax inside and I would use it to pay that pledge. So you can do that with QCD money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you touched on the fact that you can't make these gifts in a way in which there's private enrollment. So we can't do someone's individual adoption support or stuff like that, but can they have designations for other things? I mean, like any other gift, could they support for a specific fund or missionaries or whatever else that they would normally make their gifts to? I, I guess I'm not. Oh, just know. certain designations that wouldn't create a private enrollment situation. So they can give it to towards a capital campaign. They can give it to support a specific missionary at a mission organization or something, as long as it's not um, like you said, the adoption support or tuition at a school or anything like that? We can't, they, they cannot um, send, it can't be a supporting org, it can't be a private foundation. Those are the big ones that they can't, yeah. right. they can't right. use. Okay. Um, Betsy sent in a question here about advising, would you advise giving to charity from my IRA or opening a charitable remainder trust? And so I think what we've, you've heard from us here, Betsy, is that yes, we would encourage you to give to charity from your IRA. The other thing mentioned here is you cannot fund a charitable remainder trust with your IRA during your lifetime. Um, and that's something we'll touch on here in a couple seconds, just about what happens with stretch IRAs with the change in law. But um, we'll come to that in just a moment. But you really can't do that with during your lifetime um, with your distributions. Um, year ends approaching. There's there's a lot to be thinking about here from a deadline perspective. We're we're here. It's November third. Um, wow. There's what 58 days left in the year. It's kind of kind of crazy. We're closing out tw uh, 2021 already. And um, there's some specific rules around what, how to make sure we get these gifts out the door and qualifying for both covering their RMDs and qualifying as a QCD this year, correct? That's right. Um, I think the big one for people to think about, especially if you want to use this for your required minimum distribution, um, this needs to leave your account by December 31. So this can be a bit tricky. If you are calling your IRA fund manager 
and saying, send this to um, my favorite charity. Uh, I Personally, I would make that call no later than December 1, just because they get backed up. Now, as, as you mentioned, Kurt, we've had this for a few years and the IRA managers, I think for the most part, they know what they're doing and, and they're the first year, this was a nightmare, um, but it's, it's going pretty well now. Um, but those funds have to leave your account in order for it to be, um, in order for the RMD to count and, and in order for you to be able to take it on your taxes the next year. Um, so, um, but the trickier one is the IRA checkbook. A lot of people have IRA checkbooks and those checks have to, um, those checks, those funds have to leave your account by December 31 if your required minimum distribution, if you want it to count towards your required minimum distribution. So we always get into this tricky time of the year where people think, all I need to do really is have this postmarked by December 31. That is not the case with these qualified charitable distributions. That money has to leave your account. So um, for donors, if you have one of these checkbooks, you need to make certain that that check has gone through all the proper channels and has left your account by December 31. So don't simply drop it in the mail and think if I have it postmarked, I'm okay. It's not going to get to your charity in time. And charities, when you get these checks, and usually you know, because it'll, it'll say something about the IRA on the check, um, you need to cash these right away. And if you think that's going to be a problem, please let your donor know. Um, that you just received the check and there's no way you're going to be able to cash that in time because these checks have to be have to be cashed before year end or the funds aren't going to leave that IRA account. So that's really, really tricky. If it happens after the first of the year, then that 1099R is going to list the IRA funds coming out after the first of the year and your QCD is going to list after the first of the year. So that may not be what you want. Right, right. And that's been just the last few years we've seen this, the advent of these IRA checking accounts that have started mm -hmm. to come about. And, and I remember last year we had a number of questions on it towards the end of the year about how do I make sure this gets processed? Well, right. you have to, you know, you're not a, just the liberty of the charity depositing the check, but now it also is the banking system and the process by which it takes your administrator for clearing that check from your account. So calling your administrator and just doing it directly through them is the best way because they're not going to write that check for you until they've taken the money out of your account. And so you know if it's been cut by that date, that essentially those monies have been withdrawn. Um, a couple questions have popped in here. Um, it's Stan, thank you for the note. You're right. Um, charities do have to make sure they receipt this properly. It's actually not really receipt. It's more of an acknowledgement um, that they, they are a qualifying charity receiving this. And so um, any charities that might be on today or may see this broadcast later, if you want some you know, information on how you should be receiving this or acknowledging these gifts properly, feel free to contact us. We'll be happy to walk you through that and, and give you some advice on that. 
Um, Kevin has a couple questions for you. First of all, I'm going to ask you this. You may not know this right off the top of your head, Amy. We might have to get back to Kevin, but do you happen to know the IRS regulation number or, or anything that governs the QCD process? I have this much. So, <laughs> Kevin, you'll have to contact me. <laughs> so, there's, I think there's been numerous laws along the way that have actually have been passed along the way that uh, really govern this. And so, it's really a piecemeal of several of those things together. Unfortunately, it's not easy to find in just one regulation. Um, but Kevin did notes that see, he's got greater than $100,000 in his IRA. And I think you know he heard us say that your lifetime qualification is limited to $100,000. And I think- um, it, It's an annual. Annual. You can make an annual gift from your IRA of $100,000. But what we were talking about too, is that if you add or make contributions to your IRA after the age of 70 and a half, is that correct? It yes. will essentially reduce your ability to make the qualified QCD. So there's an yes. offset there. Yes. And your tax accountant can certainly help you work through that, or, or we'd be happy to explain the process in greater detail if you'd like to talk to us. Um, one other thing I wanted to touch on, really, because this was a change that happened with the CARES and Secure Act. I forget which bill it was in, but essentially it used to be that when you passed away and you left your IRAs to your, your spouse, they would be able to take that over their lifetime. Um, they're, they're essentially withdraw it over their lifetime. But what changed in the law, and, and essentially with children too, they could essentially take it over their lifetime, but the law changed. And now that's not the case for non-spousal inheritors, correct? Right. But thank you to the SECURE Act. Um, <laughs> we had a situation where many of us um, were, for our children primarily, um, we thought, well, okay, our kids are going to inherit these IRAs and they're going to stretch them, we call them stretch IRAs, over the course of their lifetime, which was great from a tax perspective and really sort of a spending perspective. We thought this is going to be a wonderful idea. But now um, people that inherit these IRAs, if it's not a spousal rollover, um, people that inherit these IRAs, we have this new situation where they have to drain them in 10, 10 years. Um, and I'm just going to point out, it includes Roths and 401ks. So they were lumped in here too. So all of these things now are going to have to be drained in 10 years. There are some exceptions, we call them um, eligible um, designated beneficiaries or EDBs and they include spouses. So your spouse does not fall under this drain in 10 um, rule. Um, beneficiaries who are, who are less than 10 years younger than the participant, disabled or chronically ill beneficiaries, and a minor child of the participant, but that cannot be a grandchild. So those are the eligible designated beneficiaries or EDBs. They also don't fall under the drain in 10 rule. So how do we, uh, the wonderful thing about working at Barnabas Foundation are, and, and Kurt, you know this because we talk about this all the time, are the tools in our toolbox to help um, donors with you know, charitable giving and, fam and, and helping their um, plan with, for their families. Um, so one of the tools that we have in our toolbox to help with this um, is listing charity on 
your IRA, on your 401k, on, on a Roth even in this instance, because what you can do then by listing charity a on a portion or all of this instrument, um, again, even if it's contingent after a spouse, you could fund a life income agreement like a, a charitable gift annuity or a charitable remainder trust. You can reduce the tax on any of these IRD type instruments. You can provide stable income to the recipient um, of that charitable gift annuity or that charitable remainder trust. You can provide some asset protection. And when that person is gone or releases, a significant gift goes to charity. So now we've taken this drain in 10 rule and we've moved this asset to our children. For the most part, that's, that's you know, our class that we're looking at. We moved that asset to our children and we've, once again, we've gotten the stretch. We've, we've found that stretch option and we've reduced tax and we've protected it from creditors and we've provided some stable income and we've made a gift to charity. Mm -hmm. So a great option where we have, as you know, we've done so many, uh, set up so many testamentary charitable remainder trusts now, um, just looking uh, at, the, at this as a, you know, the next vehicle. Absolutely. No, and I think that gets right back to kind of Betsy's question earlier when she was talking about the charitable remainder trust option. And so yes. being able to take these now, given the 10-year the rule and making testamentary investments with your IRA assets after your, after your passing into these vehicles to support your children and your charities um, well beyond your lifetime is, is wonderful. Uh, way in which we can get around some of this this whole ten year um, this ten year rule. Absolutely. Um, just to kind of go back and review, um, Kim, if you don't mind throwing that slide up, just to kind of go back to the IRA distribution option, um, and I wanted to touch on another subject just because it was such a major portion of the Secure Act. But um, if, Kim, do you have that slide that you can share um, share the screen on? Perfect. There we go. So just a quick rundown on this and some of the things that Amy mentioned, you have to be 70 and a half to make the qualified distributions to your favorite charities. You know, you can do up to $100,000 per year per taxpayer, as, as Amy very much pointed out. Uh, it will certainly lower your income on your, on your income tax return. It does satisfy your required minimum distributions for those people that are over the age of 72 now. Um, and it applies to the, the certain forms of IRA types of accounts um, can satisfy pledges. And of course, the big thing that we touched on there at the very uh, late was the issues with deadlines surrounding uh, December 31st, especially as it applies to those, um, uh, those taxpayers that have those IRA checking accounts. So really crucial, we make sure we get that kind of stuff done. Um, and Kevin, I did note there that you asked if we had a really good reference guide. Um, we do have some fact sheets on IRA giving that we'd be happy to share with you that um, if you wanna reach out to us um, at info at barnabasfoundation.com, we'll be certainly be able to share um, our fact sheet information with you um, that kind of explains what an IRA distribution or qualified QCD um, is. Um, so be happy to share that with you. Um, just a reminder for those of you that are joining us today, we have one more uh, weekly broadcast on this where next week we're going to touch on the gifts of marketable securities and how that can be a, a great tax advantage for those people that have taxable security investments. 
um, and that'll be next week, Wednesday at the same time. You can register for that at barnabasfoundation.com interactive. And likewise, as I mentioned earlier, um, you can find recordings of the prior broadcasts from our other sessions we've done over the last few weeks. This recording will be up in the next 48 hours or so, usually by Friday, um, when Kim, our video producer, um, is done kind of editing things down. And, um, and that'll be available for you to watch again or share, as I mentioned, with other donors or family members or friends that might find uh, this information beneficial. Amy, thanks for joining me today and sharing your wisdom and insight on this topic. And as always, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to us at 888-448-3040 and be happy to talk to you about any of the questions or concerns you have. With that, have a blessed day and thank you again for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast brought to you by Barnabas Foundation. To learn how you can give to your church and other favorite ministries in smart and powerful ways, visit www.barnabasfoundation.com.